Good afternoon again. I'm Maggie Wall. It's four minutes past 12. Looking at the local forecast, sunny today with a high near 31. Tonight, clear with a low around 19. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 24. Winds west 20 to 25 tomorrow. Tomorrow night, winds picking up, shifting slightly northwest and 30 miles per hour, gusting as high as 45 miles per hour. The overnight low should be about 13. Wednesday, mostly sunny, high of 27, continued northwest winds, as well as Wednesday night, those winds continuing and lows around 14. We do have a small craft advisory in effect for Chiniac Bay. Today, winds west 20 knots, seas 3 feet. Tonight, winds west 20 knots, seas 2 feet with freezing spray. And tomorrow, west winds 25 knots with seas 3 feet and more freezing spray. In local news, most of us have them. Dusty old boxes, totes, hard drives, shoe boxes of photos. Many containing people we can't even identify. Yet there seems to be an urge to hang on to the past, to that connection to family and old friends, even if we don't know who the people in the picture are. Here's a report about the effort by the Lutic Museum to encourage people to digitize old photos and maybe even donate a copy to the museum, and the museum will help. The Alutic Museum in Kodiak this summer will be archiving photos from personal collections of area residents and others who have pictures of Alutic life and people. BIA um, provided funding to the Shunak tribe who then contracted with the Alutic Museum and the project is to help people preserve their photos. That's, that's the whole point of the project is to preserve the photos and sort of save this aspect of Alutic life. That is the museum's Amanda Lancaster. She is the collection and facilities manager, which means she takes care of all the artifacts, including photos. And so we're going to go out to five of the villages, and then here in Kodiak as well, we'll have people bring in their photos, we'll scan them, and then provide them the originals back as well as a digital copy. And then if they, if they would, allow us to, to save a copy at the Alutic Museum, sort of create a digital archive of their photos. And so that would give the museum access to more photos, which are very popular with exhibits and publications. Um, and it also gives them a digital copy. You know, photos are, are very fragile. Anyone who's gone through a box of old photos realizes how fragile they can be. Dust, bugs, moisture causing them to mold or stick together. Lancaster says digitizing the photos, slides, or whatever form the photos are in will help to preserve them and make them easier to store, share, and convert to sizes and shapes useful to museum exhibits. Lancaster and Derek Chaya were our guests on last week's Talk of the Rock program, where they explained the photo collection effort. I mean, photos are just paper, essentially, so, you know, they're pretty fragile. And so we feel like this is providing a, a service to people to, to save their photographs and get digital copies, which are easy to share. You know, they can share it with their family in, in the lower 48. For periods in my life, I didn't take very many pictures. And I think older people, even older than me, probably took even fewer pictures because it was, you know, it was kind of a big deal taking a photo. And then um, now there's so many photos. So are you looking mostly to get older photos or what do you do with they say somebody who's in their 30s who has 17,000 photos on their cell phone are you looking to grab some of those or what kind of is there some sort of a plan going here 
and Derek's going to answer this. Sure. Um, we're, you know, not um, picky about where the photos are from, um, but the focus of the project is from uh, photos essentially from after the tidal wave, as far as I know, um, because that's a sort of a gap in the uh, in the Aleutic Museum's photo collections. We don't have a lot of photos from the 1960s and 70s and 80s and even more recently. You know, when I think about, like, why people take photographs, it's to preserve something, you know, a moment that happened. And um, Aleutic people living in these rural communities, when we want to be able to capture moments, whether they're happening now, within the last 10 years, or within the last 30 or 40. You know, the Aleutic Museum is all about preserving Aleutic culture and heritage, and uh, one way that we can do that is through photographs. And so we want to make sure to collect um, photos from all time periods. Okay, so I'll ask you, since you brought it up, why are there not very many photos from the 60s, 70s, and 80s? That's a really good question. I, I'm not sure the answer. I, I think they're out there. I think we just don't have them at the Aleutic Museum. I see. And so are you going to go, like, door-to-door, or...? Yeah, um, <laughs> we're going to do it in a couple different ways. Uh, so my job out, uh, when we visit our rural communities on the island is to go out with one of these project assistants and act as essentially like a community relations person. So me and one of our photographers at the museum will go around and, and, and you know, both ask people if they're willing to donate photos or just have their photos scanned and also be taking photos of the community as, you know, life is happening to preserve that. You know, again, photos preserve a way of life, a way of living, and uh, we want to make sure to capture that. Anyone who has photos depicting the Aleutic way of life is asked to contact the museum to discuss photo sharing. If you're not sure whether your photos would fit the criteria, they can answer that question as well. And for those intimidated or embarrassed by their horde of unsorted photos, Lancaster says not to worry. The people working on the project will happily get with you to sort and decide which photos they would like to preserve. And if you want some information on that project or whether or not your photos might be something they're interested in, you can give the Aleutic Museum a call. They also said that they would be setting up a place for Crab Festival to do photos and to take photos. So keep that in mind as we get later into the spring. Spring is this month, you know, around the 20th, the 21st. So Crab Festival isn't that far ahead of us. One thing that happens this time of the year, usually, is the Sitka Sacro herring fishery. But that's not likely this year. That's according to a statement released on Friday by the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. Weak markets and smaller-than-average fish two factors in a premature closure of last year's fishery, are being blamed for the move, along with new uncertainties over the spread of the coronavirus in China. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The news release says that ADF&G contacted all processors with a known interest in the sacro fishery, and they've all indicated that they do not intend to purchase herring due to market conditions and the forecast run of small fish. KCAW confirmed with both Silver Bay and Sitka Sound Seafoods that they would not be buying herring this year. 
In an email, Silver Bay's Richard Riggs said that the uncertainty with the coronavirus also played a part in his company's decision to withdraw from the fishery this year. A significant quantity of Sitka herring is reprocessed in China before going to Japan. And processing fish is an expensive endeavor. Bill Grant at Sitka Sound Seafoods said the cost of relocating tenders to Sitka, setting up freezers and flying up employees, all while being uncertain about whether the fleet would find fish that meet with market demands, weighed into the processor's decision to not purchase herring this spring. Chip Trinan is a permit holder for the fishery and president of the Southeast Herring Conservation Alliance. We're not able to come to a decision as saners ourselves The processors looked at the market conditions and uh, all of the the, uh, circumstances that are surrounding us in this case. We have, uh, you know, an added problem of the coronavirus at this point. And then there was, of course, uh, trade issues uh, with China and the tariff situation. So the whole lot of things that were um, stacked against us. Fish need to be at around 110 grams or more, but this year's forecast is projecting smaller three- and four-year-old fish that will weigh around 92 grams. Last year, the saners came to Sitka mid-March as usual and waited around for a few weeks. But they were unable to find fish that were big enough to get the price they wanted, so the fishery never opened. Trinan said that not fishing will be hard on their wallets, particularly for new permit holders who are still paying off their permits. Well, it's a... It's a um bad situation for all of us. None of us want to be standing down, but we also don't want to waste money and um, hang out for uh, a an unlikely return. We're all small businessmen and we need to, to um, make money in what we do. And all this comes while the Alaska Department of Fish and Game is fighting a lawsuit with the Sitka Tribe of Alaska. Trinan's organization is an intervener in the suit that alleges the state has mismanaged the fishery and infringed on the rights of subsistence users. The case is set to go to trial in July. Even if processors and saners are standing down, it's still business as usual for state biologists. They'll still conduct aerial surveys, map spawn, and keep an eye on the herring activity. ADF&G's research vessel Kestrel will arrive mid-March. If conditions change, and they still could, the state could announce an opening of the fishery for anyone who is around to fish it. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Thank you very much, Catherine. Looking at statewide news, the Anchorage School District has announced it is canceling all school-sponsored international travel in March and April amid concerns over the spread of the new virus that originated in China. District officials say about eight trips and 120 students will be impacted by the cancellations. Superintendent Dina Bishop made the announcement on Friday after the Centers for Disease Control and the U.S. Department of State released new advisories. This announcement comes before spring break, which starts on March 6th in Anchorage, for students and then ends on March 13th. Officials said that parents are encouraged to be mindful of the risk, current guidelines, quarantines, and restrictions as they take their children on vacation outside of the United States. Alaska School District plans to reevaluate the international travel cancellation in May as the situation develops. The Anchorage Daily News reports that there are no immediate plans to cancel trips within the United States, but district officials do plan to monitor domestic travel as the spread of the disease known as the COVID-19 continues. 
And in another coronavirus-related story, Alaska Airlines will allow passengers to change or trans... Alaska Airlines will allow passengers to change or cancel reservations without penalty for the next two weeks in response to travel concerns about the coronavirus. The company announced on Thursday that between now and March 12th, any passenger can change or cancel a flight reservation and receive a full travel credit good for up to one year. According to a press release, passengers will still have to pay any difference between fares for rebooked trips. The temporary policy applies to all fare levels. When asked whether Alaska Airlines will consider expanding the policy beyond March 12th, spokesman Tim Thompson said that the company is, quote, continually monitoring the situation, unquote. The University of Alaska President Jim Johnson put a positive spin on the university's outlook in his 2020 State of the Union, rather, 2020 State of the University address on Friday. His speech came during the Alaska CAN conference in Anchorage, which largely focused on the university's accomplishments and value to the state. As an example, he said it is an economic engine. With the state's investment in the university of $25 million, the university returns $150 million. But Johnson did not shy away from the university's current budget woes. The address follows an announcement last week that the University of Alaska Anchorage leaders are proposing to delete, suspend, or revise more than two dozen academic programs in order to make up for a $70 million budget cut to the university system over the next three years. He said that reviews are taking place across all campuses. He also said that the university is in the early stages of its first-ever statewide philanthropic campaign. It is also working to increase enrollment and generate revenue through tuition and funding for research. That's it for the news segment of this afternoon. Up next, the Island Messenger with my favorite section, the Kodiak Almanac. KMXT Local News is underwritten in part by GCI, home of double unlimited mobile and Internet, offering connectivity to communities around the state. A full list of services and store locations can be found at GCI.com. And by Artinger's Fine Furnishings, proud to offer a variety of sofas and love seats made in Oregon by Stanton, as well as massage and zero-gravity chairs by Human Touch. Find the fabric and style that fits your lifestyle in the store or by special order. Also featuring inviting rugs, lamps, and accessories for your home at Artinger's 486 Five 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 four. This is Alaska Fish Radio. I'm Lainey Welch. Up next, seafood without the sea. More on cell-grown fish after this. Integrated Marine Systems is the leader in marine refrigeration in Alaska. Simple, reliable, built to last. Visit imspacific.com. An AMC-trained fisherman is more likely to survive an emergency at sea. The Alaska Marine Safety Education Association provides Coast Guard-accepted training for fishermen across Alaska. Learn more at amc.org. Wild fish, farmed fish, 
genetically modified frankenfish get ready for seafood grown directly from cells. But there's no head, tail, no bones or blood. National Public Radio calls it fish without the swimming and breathing part. It's seafood without the sea. In fact, it's sheets of whole fish fillets grown from a needle biopsy's worth of muscle cells from a single fish. The cells are cultivated and fed a blend of liquid vitamins, amino acids, and sugars. The resulting fillets can be sold fresh or frozen or made into various seafood dishes. A San Diego-based company called Blue Nalu is pioneering the cellular aquaculture as one of six companies focused on cell-based seafood. Finless Foods is focused on bluefin tuna. And NPR said a company called Wild Type is working on cell-based salmon. All are likely five to ten years away from having actual product on the market. The companies point out cell growing uses no genetic tweaking, nor does it introduce anything new that doesn't already exist in nature. Blue Nalu said it's not looking to replace wild or farm-raised seafood and instead offer a third alternative. But the fledgling industry is poking at some tender spots, illegal and overfishing, climate impacts, bycatch and food waste, and as a sign of the times, they note that cell-grown seafood is free from antibiotics and pesticides used in fish farms, potential ocean contaminants, and microparticles of plastics. Find links at alaskafishradio.com. Fish Radio is also brought to you by Ocean Beauty Seafoods. In Kodiak, I'm Lainey Welch. This is the Island Messenger, a look at personal messages, the weather, and community announcements. Good afternoon. I'm Maggie Wall. Let's look at the weather. Let's look and see what's doing in Anchorage today. At the airport there, it's 23 degrees with freezing snow and fog. Today is expecting a 50% chance of snow. Doesn't say how much. Mostly before 3 o'clock. Cloudy with a high near 26. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 6. Tomorrow in Anchorage, 20% chance of snow. High near 16. Mm, Tomorrow night, kind of chilly minus two degrees in Anchorage. Although it's going to warm up during the daytime, um, we're looking at, they're looking at, I guess I should say, a minus eight on Thursday night, but otherwise above freezing or above zero, I guess is the phrase I'm looking for here. Some single digits and double digits in the long range forecast for Anchorage. Here in Kodiak right now, 30 degrees at the airport, 29 degrees up here on Signal Hill. Fair skies at the airport. I guess it's pretty fair up here. I have bluish skies on one side and a lot of cloudiness coming in off the ocean. Today's forecast is calling for sunny skies, the high near 31. Winds west 15. Tonight clear with a low around 19. Tomorrow mostly sunny with a high near 24. Tomorrow night partly cloudy with a low around 13. Wednesday mostly sunny, a high of 22. Partly cloudy tomorrow night. That would be Wednesday night rather with a low of 14. The long-range forecast shows mostly sunny on Friday, right about freezing, and then warming up on Saturday with a chance of snow. 
and chance of rain and snow on Sunday. Looking at my favorite section, the uh, sunrise sunset. The sun did come up today. <laughs> today is March 2nd, Monday, and it did rise at 7.59. That means it broke the 8 o'clock barrier there. Sunset tonight will be at 6.47. Sunrise tomorrow will be at 7.57. That gives us four additional minutes and 59 seconds of daylight for a total of 10 hours and 46 minutes. The record low for this date was set in 1994 at 2 degrees. The record high was 50, and that was set in 2003. Looking at the marine forecast, first starting with the synopsis for the North Gulf Coast, including the Kodiak Island waters, 980 millibar low, 10 nautical miles west of Bly Reef. Sorry, I wasn't expecting. I've never seen Bly Leaf in there. Reef there, that's the one the Exxon Valdez hit. Uh, 988 millibar low, 10 nautical miles west of Bly Reef on Monday morning, moves to 40 nautical miles south of Cordova at 990 millibars on Tuesday morning. Then it will go to 80 nautical miles southeast of Seward at 991 millibars on Wednesday. Looking at the nearby waters, there is a gale warning in effect from Marmot Island to Sitkanak through Tuesday. Today, west winds 35 knots, diminishing to 25 knots in the afternoon, seas 16 feet. Tonight, west winds 35 knots, seas 14 feet with freezing spray. Tomorrow, west winds 35 knots, seas 13 feet with freezing spray. Tomorrow night, northwest winds 35, seas 13. For the Chiniac Bay, which is our local waters, there is a small craft advisory for tomorrow. For today, west winds 20 knots, seas 3 feet. Tonight, west winds 20 knots, seas 2 feet with freezing spray. For tomorrow, continued freezing spray, seas up to 3 feet and winds west 25. Then they'll increase to 30 on Tuesday night, seas 5 feet. Marmot Bay, a small craft advisory through Tuesday. West winds 30 knots, seas 7 feet, freezing spray. Tonight, west winds 25 knots, seas 5 feet with freezing spray. For tomorrow, west winds 30 knots, seas 5 feet, and continued freezing spray. The Shelikov Strait has a bit more of a warning. There is a gale warning in effect tonight and tomorrow and a heavy freezing spray warning tonight and tomorrow as well. That's the Shelikoff Strait. Today, west winds 30 knots, seas 12 feet with freezing spray. Tonight, west winds 35 knots, seas 12 feet, heavy freezing spray. Tomorrow, northwest winds 40 knots, seas 12 feet with heavy freezing spray. And then tomorrow night, it'll kind of calm down a bit, at least no heavy freezing spray in the forecast. But winds continuing northwest, 40 knots, seas 12 feet. And then on Wednesday, the winds really back down, down to 30 knots and seas drop to 9 feet. Looking at the tides for Kodiak in the Seldovia district, up next is a low tide at 111 here in Kodiak. It will be 1.82 feet. High tide will be at 725 this evening at 5.01 feet. The low tide for the Seldovia District coming up at 134, 3.4 feet. 
High tide will be just before 8 o'clock at 7.58 at 9.70 feet. So 7.58 high tide for the Seldovia District. In announcements, just quickly, we do have a road closure up here. I had to take a little jog around to get to work today. Public Works is closing Upper Mill Bay Road from Rosanna to Upper Erskine from 9 o'clock to 4 o'clock today for water line work. They were digging something when I came by. Um, this is kind of roughly between the borough building to Rizanoff, but there is a little road called Erskine that you could scoot to and from. Um, it comes near the cemetery, and you could take a left and go down Rizanoff or go past Rizanoff. Uh, if you're on Rizanoff coming this direction, you would go past Mill Bay where they're digging and take a left at Erskine, which is a little street right there next to the dentist. Uh, other announcements. Saturday is tax-free day. Shop local. Save that 7% tax. And Island Trails is having a film festival on Saturday. Submissions are due on Friday the 3rd, which is this Friday. And the event will be on the 11th. So get them in a week ahead of the event. That's it for announcements. Time now to close out and go to Monday Spotlight. Listen for the Island Messenger here on Public Radio KMXT three times a day, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m., during the midday report at 1220, and in the evening at 7 o'clock. If you have a community announcement or personal message, including lost and found items or pets, you can call KMXT at 486-3181, fax us at 486-2733, or email psa at kmxt.org. Thank you.